0: afternoon or good night, however and whenever it is you may be listening. Thank you for stopping into another fan episode of the Take It Easy podcast. It's What If Wednesday, everybody. We've got a great, great what if Wednesday planned for you today and I felt that this week the most fitting version of what if Wednesday would be based around Alex Smith and his retirement because one of the stories I've been most fascinated about for a long long time is the idea that Aaron Rodgers the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL There is statistical evidence that confirms this to be true. Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback to pick up a football. He is the best quarterback to ever pick up the football. You can have an arbitrary goat debate after the fact. But Aaron Rodgers, greatest statistical quarterback to ever pick up a football, could have, should have, and would have been a San Francisco 49er back in the 2005 draft. And it wasn't that implausible to... Believe because as Mike McCarthy described back in 2008, there's two quarterbacks, pick them. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers and Alex Smith were the two quarterbacks. We felt that they were the two best players in the draft that year. That, that, that's something that we established early in the process. And so, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, what if Aaron Rodgers were drafted? First overall in 2005 by the San Francisco 49ers. With the uh, first selection in the 2005 NFL draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Alex Smith, quarterback Utah. How disappointed are you that you will not be a, a 49er? Not as disappointed as the 49ers will be that they didn't draft me. Support for the Take It Easy podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, and today we have an exclusive offer for our listeners. 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code TIE, that's T-I-E, at manscaped.com. Manscaped hooked me up with a bunch of tools and formulations from their Perfect Package 3.0 kit, including the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawn Mower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TIE, T-I-E, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code TIE. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. So leading up to the 2005 NFL Draft, there was a semi-consensus that Alex Smith was going to be the number one pick in the NFL Draft, but a number of draft scouts had Smith and Rodgers being number one and number two overall. Easy at the quarterback position, there was an argument to be made in terms of prospects in general, considering that the people behind were running back Ronnie Brown, Cedric Benson, Braylon Edwards. And people assumed that if Rodgers was going to fall outside of the top three, he wouldn't fall past the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at pick number five. And so there's a different what-if story to be had about Aaron Rodgers falling down to pick 24 in Green Bay, which was just everyone being a complete idiot and letting this guy who was probably the number one prospect in his class, people just at the time thought Alex Smith was better after a post-college football season surge in favor of Alex Smith. Most people thought that Aaron Rodgers in and in the time we are now, where you have teams trading up to pick six in order to get Trey Lance, or you have people trading up in the draft to make sure they get a quarterback in the top 10, and trading their farms for Sam Darnold and Josh Allen, and at the time Patrick Mahomes and Mitchell Trubisky, like with everyone trading up now and how valuable the quarterback position is. Think how insane it was that in 2005, you had a surefire number one quarterback in not a weak quarterback class either. These were two legitimately great quarterbacks at the top of their draft. As we went on to see Alex Smith for all his shortcomings and short checkdowns that I hate and two yards, 2.9 yards, to be fair, 2.9 yards through the air on each pass. For all of Alex Smith's shortcomings, the man did have a 15, 16 year NFL career that just wrapped up in 2020. 16 years in the NFL for Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers still rolling out here winning MVPs in year 16. And so not a weak quarterback class. Imagine that quarterback sliding down to pick number 24. That's another what if discussion. What we want to simply discuss is how does the draft change if the 49ers make the right decision at quarterback and pick Aaron Rodgers number one overall. And so to consult on this, we turn to the only mock draft I could find right before the 2005 NFL draft that had Aaron Rodgers as the number one pick in the NFL draft. And so 16 years later, we are going to reward John Robinson, not spelled the same way as John Robinson, general manager of the Tennessee Titans. We are going to reward John Robinson of ING.com. Who, after scrolling through three pages on Google, was the only person I could find that had Aaron Rodgers number one over Alex Smith in their mock draft. I went through like 10 mock drafts. This was the one person willing to stand alone and say that Aaron Rodgers should be the number one pick in the NFL draft. There was also, shout out to Jarrett Bell from USA Today. He had another one, but I felt ing.com would be a little bit funnier. And so. We are going to use his mock draft to determine what the 2005 draft order would look like. And it's relatively similar to what happened at the top, but you change. Aaron Rodgers going number one. The Dolphins at number two pick Ronnie Brown. And for those of you who don't know who Ronnie Brown is, he was the original Wildcat running back, where they did direct snaps to the running back. He made a Pro Bowl one year of his career. Ronnie Brown was one of those classic running backs who fell apart because of injuries, because running backs don't last very long. We shouldn't be taking running backs at the top of drafts. So Ronnie Brown still goes number two to the Dolphins. The third pick in the draft, the Cleveland Browns, who originally took Braylon Edwards with the number three pick in the draft, the Cleveland Browns select Alex Smith, quarterback, from the University of Utah and Urban Meyer School of Quarterbacks. So Alex Smith goes three. Four is still Cedric Benson. Braylon Edwards ultimately falls to number seven when the Vikings trade up to seven to get him. And then the Vikings original pick, Troy Williamson goes later in the draft, but Troy Williamson didn't really amount to much. Vikings get Braylon Edwards instead, who didn't have a great career, but he had a solid career. And then the Packers, down at 24, would select Brodney Poole, who was a safety, apparently, coming out of this draft, who would go about eight picks later in reality from where the Packers were drafting. So from this reality, we shift the the fortunes of f- technically four NFL teams. We'll get to a fifth one later, but I guess the big loser out of all of this would be the the big loser out of this equation would end up being the Minnesota Vikings, who not once but twice end up getting screwed during this rebuild. So the teams we want to talk about who have now been affected are the Browns, the Packers, and the 49ers. And let's start with the Cleveland Browns. So the Browns with Alex Smith, instead of going 4-12 and in 2006, they end up going, or I'm sorry, in 2005, they went four and 12 in reality, got the number three pick in the draft. In this alternate version, the 49ers end up getting the number six pick in the 2007 NFL draft. And this is where everything starts to change a little bit, because in the 2007 NFL draft, the Cardinals now have the number three pick that the Browns originally had. But with that draft pick originally in 2006, apologies, not 2007, in 2006, no, 2007 draft, sorry, this is the 2007 NFL draft. So originally, the number three pick was Joe Thomas. But now the Arizona Cardinals, who picked at number five, They now have the number three pick, and they select Joe Thomas, the tackle, who goes on to be a first ballot Hall of Famer with the Cleveland Browns. Can't miss tackle prospect. Joe Thomas goes number three to the Cardinals. So now the Browns have the sixth pick, and without having offensive tackle Joe Thomas, even an option on their big board, the Browns look around and say, what's our other big need this offseason? Well, we have no running back. In actuality, the Cleveland Browns signed Jamal Lewis to play running back, knowing they were going to get Joe Thomas with the third pick in the draft. But in this alternate reality, we have the Browns drafting with the number six pick in the NFL draft, future Hall of Famer. They lose Joe Thomas, but in the alternate reality, they end up with all day Adrian Peterson, with the number six pick in the draft, who in actuality went one pick later at number seven to the Vikings. So not only do the Vikings add Braylon Edwards, they lose all day Adrian Peterson. And they end up being the Browns and getting a bust of an offensive tackle and Jamal Lewis with the number seven pick. Well, the seven pick, they pick an offensive tackle who originally went to the Cardinals at five. And they signed Jamal Lewis instead of the Cleveland Browns. So, the two thousand seven Browns, people don't remember this, or maybe they do. The 07 Browns went ten and six with uh, what's his name, uh, Jamal Lewis and Derek Anderson at quarter at running back and quarterback. And in this new reality, they missed the playoffs. In actuality, in this new reality, the two thousand seven Browns go twelve and four. With Alex Smith and Adrian Peterson replacing Derek Anderson and Jamal Lewis. And so these Browns win the AFC North with a 12-4 record. They get the number three seed in the playoffs. They get a first playoff game against the Titans and uh, our buddy Jeff Fisher. They beat the Titans just like the Chargers did in actuality. They beat the Titans and then go to the divisional round and lose to the Indianapolis Colts. And then they, so they made it to the second round. The Browns win a division title. In 2008, Adrian Peterson has 1,760 yards, but it's only enough for the Browns to get to 8-8 without Alex Smith, who goes down for the season with injuries, which he does in actuality with the 49ers. So in 2005, or I'm sorry, 2009, sorry, 2009, Following the, the season, they go 5-11. and 11. They had an awful year in that year. They fire Eric Mangini, hire Pat Shermer, just like they do in actuality. And... Or I think at the time they hired Rob Chudzinski, now that I think about it. This might have been the Rob Chudzinski year. But anyways, 2010 and 11 are when the Adrian Peterson injuries start to pile up. They have a couple of bust seasons in there. Uh, but by 2012... This is when Adrian Peterson returned from ACL surgery and went for 2,000 yards. Still, one of the most ridiculous seasons I've ever seen in my young life. Like, the idea that Adrian Peterson would tear his ACL at that position, come back and rush for 2,000 yards the following season is absolutely insane. So, Adrian Peterson rushes for 2,000 yards. Alex Smith has a revitalization just like he did in San Francisco during the 2012 season, where he would ultimately get benched for Colin Kaepernick. But he had a great season in 2012. And the Browns go on a darling Cinderella run. They go 11-5 and and win the AFC North for the second time in five years. Remember who wins the AFC North that year? The Baltimore Ravens. So instead of being the four seed, the Ravens are the six seed at 10-6. and The Browns play Indianapolis in the first playoffs, and they lose to Indianapolis right in their first playoff game. And then Baltimore would still go on to win the Super Bowl as the sixth seed instead of the four seed. This was the year that Baltimore played San Francisco in the Super Bowl. Or at the very least, and this is not a spoiler alert, Baltimore will play in the Super Bowl in 2012 because remember, their opponent in that Super Bowl was the San Francisco 49ers, whom we still have to adjust coming up next. 2013 ends up being the fall-off for, for the Cleveland Browns from that division title in 2012. By 2014, Adrian Peterson gets suspended for beating his child, ends up missing that season, and the 49ers trade, or I'm sorry, the Cleveland Browns trade Alex Smith to Kansas City, just like in actuality, the Browns fade, and then they hire Sashi Brown, and history progresses the same way. So don't worry, Cleveland Browns fans, you still get Miles Garrett, you still get Denzel Ward, you still get Nick Chubb, you still get Baker Mayfield, you get all of those guys in there, and you can add two division titles to your tormented past in 2007, the year that you guys should have made the playoffs at 10-6, and 6, And in 2012, when Adrian Peterson rushes for 2,000 yards. And Alex Smith gives you two AFC North titles in his seven years as quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. So now let's talk about the Packers. The Green Bay Packers, who seem like losers out of this. They just lost Aaron Rodgers. They drafted a safety who ends up busting out of the league. This seems like an awful situation for the Packers to be in. But don't speak so soon, ladies and gentlemen. Because the Packers might end up being better by not getting Aaron Rodgers. And you may be thinking, how can the Packers get better by not having Aaron Rodgers in 2005? And not having Aaron Rodgers for the last 16 years. There's only been like two teams better than Aaron Rodgers over the past, what, two decades? Decade and a half? And to that I say it is just a perfect stroke of luck, just a perfect stroke of luck that things end up working out this way for the Green Bay Packers. Because in 2007, well I guess, sorry, in 2005, they've just played out, they don't get their guy. 2006, still Brett Favre. By 2007, the Packers hold the number 16 pick in the draft. And once again, a quarterback viewed at the top of the draft is falling to Green Bay in 2007. So in actuality, this quarterback is picked number 24 by the Cleveland Browns. In our new reality, the Packers at 16 with that need at quarterback and not a whole, well, obviously a lot else, but With that quarterback position looming over them the same way it was with Aaron Rodgers, in our new reality, at 16, the Green Bay Packers in 2007 select Brady Quinn, the quarterback from Notre Dame whom the Browns took in actuality. But now the Green Bay Packers draft Brady Quinn with the 16th pick in the 2007 NFL Draft. So Brady Quinn sits next season behind Favre, Brett Favre retires in 2008, and the Packers in that offseason have Quinn ready in the back, and they sign Josh McCown to have Quinn kind of be a stopgap guy. They have Matt Flynn, Josh McCown, and Brady Quinn on their quarterback roster. Brett Favre unretires, creates a four-quarterback situation the Packers trade Brett Favre to the New York Jets, just like they do in actuality, except instead of Aaron Rodgers in the waiting, it's Brady Quinn and Josh McCown in the waiting. Remember, this was back when Josh McCown was that mogul quarterback who would come start for your team before Josh McCown just became a backup and a 35-year-old not-so-great quarterback. So Favre retired. They end up going 5-11 in 2008, with Quinn still at quarterback. Uh, just in actuality, they still they went 6-10, so they only move up two picks in the draft. They still pick future Pro Bowler B.J. Rocky, which is going to be a huge deal for them going forward. They get B.J. Rocky at the top of the draft. In 2009, Brady Quinn gets hurt and benched, which leads to Josh McCown and Matt Flynn splitting playing time. In route to another back to back 5 and 11 season in 2009. And so by 2009, the ownership is worn out. The Packers haven't made the playoffs in five years. They fire Mike McCarthy. They fire the general manager, Ron Wolf. Everyone out for the Packers. But what happens here is a perfect string of luck for the Green Bay Packers. Because guess who was the hot coaching candidate in 2010? I'm sorry, not hot coaching candidate. Hot general manager candidate. John Schneider. And guess where John Schneider came from instead of going to the Seattle Seahawks? That would be the Green Bay Packers. And people forget that in actuality, John Schneider and Pete Carroll didn't get hired until June of 2010, which happened to be right around when the USC scandal was getting ready to break. And so in this scenario, the Seahawks and Mike Holmgren haven't parted ways yet. And so John Schneider is available and Pete Carroll is available. And the Green Bay Packers bring in John Schneider, Pete Carroll, and start with a blank slate. The Packers have a completely blank slate, just like the Seahawks did in 2010. They hire John Schneider within their own organization. With that, they come to the conclusion to hire Pete Carroll from USC. Pete goes to the Packers. John Schneider stays in Green Bay, gets promoted from second-in-command to first-in-command, and the Packers end up getting a legion of boom style rebuild because it's the same people in the same place starting with the similar roster to the seahawks being stripped bare and the exact same record that the seattle seahawks had when they fired everyone and mike holmgren and put pete carroll and john schneider in charge so you get one extra pick in 2010 which they don't really do that much with and from there Build your Legion of Boom roster. Build it the exact way you did before. You pick Earl Thomas in the first round. You pick Richard Sherman. You pick Cam Chancellor, because all those dudes fell in the draft. Russell Wilson in the third round, you pick Russell Wilson in the third round. You do everything the exact same way the Seahawks did, because you inherit the same record and a similar roster in the same year. You make all the same decisions you would have made in Seattle, in Green Bay, And build this insane defense with B.J. Rahe at defensive tackle. Keeps his career going a little longer than it did. B.J. Rahe at the defensive tackle. Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Bobby Wagner, K.J. Wright, Byron Maxwell, Michael Bennett. All these guys coming to the Green Bay Packers. Building your legion of boom here in Green Bay. So maybe the Packers do end up being better just by a stroke of luck of the time that they happen to fire everybody and move on from Brady Quinn and keep Matt Flynn and have Josh McCown traded just by a stroke of luck. The Green Bay Packers might have actually been better not having Aaron Rodgers because the Legion of Boom, surprisingly, although they didn't last as long as this Aaron Rodgers run, The Legion of Boom did produce another future Hall of Fame quarterback in Russell Wilson and ended up making back-to-back Super Bowl runs during the mid-2010s. So the argument can be made. The argument can be made. But now we turn over the biggest turnover in the NFL, and that is the 49ers and Aaron Rodgers. Because right off the bat here, Mike Nolan and Aaron Rodgers win the NFC West in year two together. They win the NFC West at eleven and five, which was somehow good enough to get them a first round buy back in two thousand and six. It was just a weird way that two thousand and six broke. Having that was good enough. You could get a first round buy at in two thousand what two thousand six? Yeah, two thousand six you could get a first-round buy with uh, yeah, 2006-2007 playoffs. So in the 2006 season, second year with Rodgers and Mike Nolan, 11-5 happened to be good enough to get the buy. It just happened to work that way in a bad year for the NFC. So the San Francisco 49ers get the first-round buy. They beat Philadelphia in the second round, advancing to play the 13-3 Chicago Bears, in the NFC Championship game, which in actuality was the Saints, but in this new reality, the Saints have to play the Bears in the second round instead of in the NFC Championship game. So in just year two, the 49ers and Aaron Rodgers advanced to the NFC Championship game. It was a huge accomplishment for that season. Now, much like with the Saints, they got blown out of the water, just smacked back and forth and all around in that game by the Bears. There was no magical Aaron Rodgers tormenting the Bears like he does. This one just way too overpowered to beat the Chicago Bears. And so because of this season, the 49ers don't stink enough to get Patrick Willis, which is a tough break for them. But they do turn it around because in 2007, the 49ers just barely missed the playoffs. And by just barely missing the playoffs, the San Francisco 49ers end up with the 20 pick in the draft and select corner Akib Tlaib, the guy who actually went number 20 at that pick. So they get their Pro Bowl and All-Pro corner, but they lose out on their Pro Bowl and All-Pro linebacker in Patrick Willis. So after just missing the playoffs in 07, they turned it around in 2008. The 49ers win an extremely weak, weak NFC West. They go 10 and 6, win the division over the Cardinals who won the division at 9 and 7 that year. So they win the NFC West. In actuality, they went 7 and 9. So this is just the Aaron Rodgers bump that you're getting is that Aaron Rodgers and Mike Nolan was better than Alex Smith being injured in the crap that was Mike Singletary's first year. As Green Bay as a 49ers head coach, so that team ends up going ten and six and getting the four seed. But people forget, in actuality, that that nine and seven Cardinals team, that nine and seven Cardinals team, ended up going to the Super Bowl that year. That was the magical Larry Fitzgerald Super Bowl run, where they lose on the Santonio Holmes catch. But in this new reality with Aaron Rodgers in the same division. Winning the division at 10-6 and six meant that the Cardinals didn't even make the playoffs that year. They didn't get the chance to go on their crazy Super Bowl run. But guess who was right in the mix to take advantage of an awful NFC that year? You guessed it. Aaron Rodgers, now in his fourth year, putting up close to MVP numbers right off the bat. He's finishing in the top of the MVP races year after year, and this was the run that established Aaron Rodgers. Year four, Mike Nolan in the 49ers. Aaron Rodgers beats Atlanta in the wild card game just like the Cardinals did. They then smack Carolina just like Larry Fitzgerald did with one of the great playoff performances of all time. Smack the Carolina Panthers and Jake Delome. And then they get the Eagles in the NFC title game, but these Eagles were not the good Eagles. This was the six seed Eagles that pulled an upset against the New York Giants, the best team in the NFC that year and defending Super Bowl champions. So the Eagles pulled that upset. They get the six seed, but the 49ers are just way better than the Philadelphia Eagles. The 49ers smack the Eagles Easiest path to the Super Bowl. It just happened to work out that way for the Cardinals. In this new reality, it works out that way for Aaron Rodgers winning the NFC Championship in his fourth year, just like he did when he got the start for the Packers. So year four, 49ers in the Super Bowl. They lose to Pittsburgh at the end. They don't get Michael Crabtree like they do in actuality, but the one thing they do have going into next season, they take a flyer on an aging Marvin Harrison at wide receiver. 35 years old, they take a flyer on him, and Aaron Rodgers finds at least some sort of player who can give him that edge going into the future seasons. So the 49ers... End up, uh, and by the way, this is just another thing because Aaron Rodgers never got great wide receivers in Green Bay. He ends up reviving some other dude's career. Uh, I mean, I guess what would his name? I don't know his name, but it was like AJ something. He keeps his career relevant. Uh, AJ Jenkins helped keep that career relevant. So, 2008 make a Super Bowl run. 2009 missed the playoffs at nine and seven. Draft Mike Iupati. and by 2010, this is when the 49ers take the next step. They've now been to an NFC Championship. They've lost in a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers is now entering his prime, and you've just drafted Mikey Upati, and you've built this team with Joe Staley and Akib Talib instead of Patrick Willis. The 49ers enter 2010 the same way that they did before. They win the terrible NFC West. Except in this actuality, they went six and ten and Mike Singletary got fired. They win the NFC West, in which the Seahawks went like seven and nine, and then the beast quake happened. Win that NFC West. Rodgers has the same magical run he did in 2010 with Green Bay, but does it with the 49ers? The rematch of Pittsburgh versus San Francisco two years later, they played in Super Bowl 43. Now they play in Super Bowl 45, And this time around, Aaron Rodgers with the victory belt, remember the, the discount double check thing that he did, but it was not actually that. State Farm turned it into discount double check. Aaron Rodgers with the wrestling belt celebration leads the 49ers to their first Super Bowl since the 90s. It's Rodgers' first Super Bowl. Everyone is elated. Now Aaron Rodgers in year six is finally a Super Bowl champion after losing in heartbreak to Santonio Holmes, after making it to the NFC Championship in year two. After six long years, the 49ers finally have a champion for Aaron Rodgers. In 2011, much like with the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers wins his first league MVP. The 49ers go 15-1 in 2011 just like the Green Bay Packers did and in this same reality again they lose to the New York Giants in the divisional playoff why do they lose to the New York Giants in the divisional playoff because in reality the real 49ers lose to the Giants in the NFC championship game instead of losing in the divisional round because of seeding so the 49ers with Aaron Rodgers are doomed to lose to the Giants once again. And going into 2012, the 49ers are just totally overwhelming the same way they were in reality. In reality, the 49ers played in Super Bowl 47, but in that reality, Alex Smith got benched midseason for Colin Kaepernick. And the Colin Kaepernick situation changes because, yes, Colin Kaepernick still becomes the same player that he was, but in actuality, he's now playing for Denver. Or he's now playing for Minnesota. Colin Kaepernick still gets to become the social justice activist who ends up getting blackballed from the NFL. But Colin Kaepernick doesn't do it in a 49ers uniform. And yes, he doesn't have a Super Bowl run in 2012. But ultimately, it doesn't change the fact that Colin Kaepernick still has the position to make this stand. And maybe just maybe playing for a worse team, maybe Colin Kaepernick would have stayed under contract. Maybe Colin Kaepernick with the Broncos is under contract for three years instead of one year. And so Colin Kaepernick can end up remaining in the NFL under contract and maybe it leads to changes in our society at large. Maybe Colin Kaepernick still gets hated. Maybe he still gets blackballed. But ultimately Colin Kaepernick might have stayed in the league had this not gone down. Back in 2012, the Green Bay Packers are building their legion of boom but the 49ers they are the king of the mountain but instead of with Colin Kaepernick who still had one of the most amazing playoff performances I've ever seen when he went for 183 rushing yards against the Packers and did the superman kiss the or not superman kiss the what I don't even know what the celebration was where he kisses his bicep it's one of the most amazing games I've seen in playoff, single player playoff performances. That 49ers team rolls their way to the Super Bowl, plays against Baltimore, but with Aaron Rod, it's the same team except replace Patrick Willis with Akib Tlaib and replace Aaron Rodgers with, or replace Colin Kaepernick with Aaron Rodgers. And Colin Kaepernick versus Aaron Rodgers is just enough. For the 49ers to win the Super Bowl against Baltimore in Super Bowl 47, Aaron Rodgers is now two-time Super Bowl champion Aaron Rodgers by 2012. Keeps A.J. Jenkins relevant. Marvin Harrison retires on top after three years in a 49ers jersey. And in 2013, the 49ers and Rodgers the following season led by Mike Nolan, take on the Legion of Boom Green Bay Packers with Richard Sherman, Cam, Earl, Russ. But there is no legendary Crabtree moment anymore, because remember, Michael Crabtree does not play for the 49ers. In this scenario, it's Darius Hayward Bay, which doesn't necessarily ring off like, don't come at me if you're Crabtree, like Richard Sherman said. A bum-ass receiver like Crabtree, it's uh, Darius Hayward Bay, which doesn't necessarily roll off the tongue for Richard Sherman and the Packers. And to that, I leave each of the future scenarios up to you, the listener. Sure, the Seahawks and the Vikings end up being the losers of this, but I ask you now. A 49ers-Packers rivalry for two seasons. Both years playing the championship game. 2013 and 2014. Two dominant superpowers of the sport. Two-time Super Bowl champion San Francisco 49ers. Aaron Rodgers at the helm. Mike Nolan as the coordinator. Legion of Boom Packers. Exact same team as the Seahawks. Russell Wilson. Cam Chancellor. Richard Sherman. All the way on down to Earl Thomas, Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright. Cliff Averill and BJ Rahi this time around. I leave you that team, the Legion of Boom plus BJ Rahi in Green Bay versus the 49ers, same Jim Harbaugh 49ers teams, coached by Mike Nolan, but with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. I leave it up to you. Who wins in 2013? The Packers? a.k.a. the Legion of Boom, or the 49ers with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback, whom in actuality in 2014, the Packers played the Seahawks. Remember when Russell Wilson threw that touchdown to Jermaine Kearse to go to the Super Bowl? And the year before that was the Richard Sherman tip pass thing that gets intercepted. So I ask you, if the 49ers and Packers played each other in both of those years, Who ends up winning? The Legion of Boom? Or those 49ers teams, but at Aaron Rodgers? Who wins each one? That's up to each of you to decide. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping into the Take It Easy podcast and to What If Wednesday. We've got lots of great content coming out all throughout Take It Easy this week. Check out us on Instagram, comical underscore sports underscore memes. Check out uh, Take It Easy Podcast on Instagram. Open Talk Radio 313 The Flash for our radio show. All kinds of good stuff all throughout here. We got lots of fun stuff coming up the rest of the week. Couple great interviews. NFL draft getting closer. Should be really good and fun, and I'm excited. So, ladies and gentlemen, take it easy. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.